Yes, guys, welcome to the episode 58 of the Worldwide Shelves Pod. Um, today we're going to do a bit of a different uh, episode today. I haven't got any of my usual guests on. No Marv, no Jesters, no Corey, no Mike. Um, but we've actually got an opposition fan on. Um, so, just a little backstory. Uh, me and my guest, we've known each other for six to seven years now. Went to secondary school with each other. We've forever been bantering each other over our teams because one team's just a bit better than the other, but <laughs> you live in right local to West Ham. I always get the banter when we did lose. Um, so just to welcome my special guest from the Pretty Bubbles podcast, it's my friend Jamie. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Annoyingly, I've had to lose that battle most of the times with Chelsea being better than us, but you are right. When we do win, we normally do let you know, me and my friends, but... Yeah, it's good to be here, mate. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I mean, the memory, the biggest memory I have is when, you know, we it was. I think when you you had Sam Allardyce, it was one 0 West Ham, and Chelsea had like thirty eight shots on target, and you just got went and scored one goal. That was when I think Jose Mourinho made the eighteenth century football comment. Uh it was nil nil. I remember that game. I was yeah, down it was nil nil, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have another memory where I was down the pub and I sent you a voice note. I won't say what I said in a voice note because it is rather crude. But yeah, I, I we've got I've got some good memories. Like some of my favourite West Ham wins are actually against Chelsea. Like the one in lockdown when we beat you, like felt like it was the start of us staying up. So yeah, I've got some really good memories against Chelsea. Some bad ones too, I must also add. Yeah, but uh, I mean... Over the years, I think we have been a bit of a bogey team to you recently, especially in terms of London, London derbies. You're the only real London team that we seem to lose to a lot. Obviously, Arsenal and Tottenham don't really give us any competition, so West Ham <laughs> as well do. That is true. Like, I, I, I'm actually impressed at how well we've played against you recently. Like, Our record is very got good. Like, don't think you've beaten us at the Olympic Stadium since the first time when you won the league, which is rather impressive, I think. Yeah, I mean, we... I was surprised, even with the 3-0 um, victory we got in December, that was not a 3-0 win. I don't know how, to this day, that we still we won 3-0. You deserve so much more in that game. I, personally, I thought we deserved to lose that game. Um, I remember the game, but I do agree with you. 3-0 flattered you. But that's the way football goes sometimes. Like There's been games where West Ham have... Like we beat Sheffield United, I think, early in the season, 3 0. Did we deserve to win 3 0? No. It's swings and roundabouts after all. But if you do win 3 0 on Saturday, I will not be happy. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I, I just remember because we, we beat you 3 0, and then we went and played Arsenal and lost 3 0 on Boxing Day. So it was like, how can you just get from one end of the extreme to the other? Yeah. I do have to admit, I do think your team's come a long way. Like, being a West Ham fan, I, I, you'll say, oh, because you dislike Lampard. I said at the start of the season, Lampard's position was kind of under pressure. I said, like, with the amount of money you invested, I thought that Lampard was the next level down. Like, you put all this money into A-level signings. You don't want a B-level manager, which I felt Lampard was. And you look at it now and you brought in one of the most underrated managers in the world. And you actually look like one of the best teams. Like It's conceivable that you win the Champions League, which if you'd said under Lampard, I don't think was possible. I know you said you were going to get semi-finals, which I thought was nuts. But you look a real strong team now. I'm, I'm worried for Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Lampard, it was... 
it was one of them things I think we needed him at the time when we got him being in the transfer ban. I don't think any other manager at any level would have taken us at that point. And I think it was uh, I, just because of the transfer ban, it was a good season. Obviously, norm, we should have won the FA Cup and that was a big downer of the season. But we we did the job. We did better than what we expected. But I think COVID's getting a lot of signings. I think a lot of signings as well that were just young. But we've got to think Kai Havertz is 21. Timo mm. Werner's still 23, 24. Coming into a time where you've got COVID and you can't even bond with your teammates, you're playing three or four games a week. Just uh, It's hard to get into the stick of things. And we look at Hakim Ziyech. He was the only experienced player coming in and... He didn't play. For, he didn't play for seven months because of the Eredivisie being one of the first places to get cancelled and didn't do the restart. Then he got injured, come back, had a few games, did really well, got injured again, and then it's no wonder he struggled because he only played about. I think it worked out seven games in one year. So yeah, like for me, like I, I've actually been a massive defender of Werner. So like I know he's been some people saying he's the worst signing in the transfer window. I'm like he hasn't. He's nowhere near that. He's what is he? Is he 24? I've actually got it up right now. Um, he is 25 years age. And yes, has he been good? No, he should have been better. But he's still 25. I think he'll come good. Is he the worst signing by? What Havertz has been worse than Werner? It's just because Werner's missed a load of sitters. Everyone's like, oh, he's terrible. But that's an outsider looking in. I don't know how it is for a Chelsea fan. Yeah, I think it's the chances. I think it's also because Werner's played arguably nearly every game of the season. Probably apart from Mount, I think he has played the most. Whereas you look at Kai Havertz, has always been in and out of the team. And I think with Kai, it's more of a what was his best position because he came from Leipzig and everyone was like, oh, he's so versatile. He can play these different positions. But then when he comes to the Premier League, I don't think there was a specific position that we played him in that fit. And I think this false nine position we're playing him now, it kind of suits him a bit more, but obviously he's still got to get used to it all. And he is, again, a lot, I think a lot of players, a lot of people had a lot more, um, I'd say to bring up a lot more excuses for Kai Havertz, which I understand he's a young boy, but I think he was the generational talent when we got him. So I think a lot of people are trying to defend him at all costs whereas I think Werner's been kicked to the side a little bit which as I said I don't think Werner's the worst sign and I think he needs to pick it up for next season and if he's doing the same next season then I will probably get onto him a little bit more but he's got I know people don't like to take out stats too much but he's got 12 assists this season yeah so it's right. not bad for a forward yeah I like that's it it's it's so easy to judge people off one season and yes he's like you can tell he's knocking like his confidence is shattered at the moment but i agree with you totally like he's he's performed better than i a lot of people probably perceived he has but has he been as good as he should have probably not but that's hey would i take it west ham right now though probably not <laughs> so speaking of what well speaking about west ham see you've been as we were discussing before get, coming on you've been phenomenal this season what what has you been your overall opinion of it so far? It's with the last season, the bowling, it's been arguably the best season West Ham have had in my lifetime. Like the bowling obviously has so much like memories because it was Dimitri Payet was Dimitri Payet. It was last year there. Like it, that season probably couldn't have gone much better. 
this year it just feels like a totally different that team felt like it was all around Pyre. This feels like a team, like a, a unit. Um, I know he's still not the most popular with a couple of people, on my, or one guy on my podcast, but I think Moyes has been the key to this. Like Moyes always used to get grief for his signings at like Manchester United when he brought in Fellaini, and yet you look at all the signings he's brought into West Ham, and most of them have been home runs. Like Thomas Suchet, the nicest man on earth, literally is incredible so key to this West Ham side Jesse Lingard looks like a man re- reborn right it, arguably I'm not saying he is on form he's been the best player in in the league since he signed is he the best player in the league no but he's been so key to what we have done like I just look at Kufal for five million been brilliant like Moyes has been very key to this so I'm very impressed with how we're doing but I'm scared for Saturday <laughs> Well, I mean, the way Chelsea have been playing, I mean, I, I can kind of understand it a little bit. Um, but what what has David Moyes done, really? That's I know you said he's, he's, bringing, he's brought in some good signings, and I agree. Suchek, I think he's, especially with Rice as well, he's been he's been really well done really well. Kufal has been one of the best, our most underrated signings of the season so far. As you said, Lingard's hit a purple patch and played very well. But what, apart from, obviously, you've brought in some good signings, but what else? Because... You've gone from, for me, I, I was predicting you'd go down. And that's not just me being yeah. uh, a bit of hatred and local hatred to West Ham. But I, I just generally thought, apart from Rice, you were going to struggle. And obviously, I, I didn't know too much about Kufal. Um, and yeah, what, what has Moyes done? Like, is it is it the tactics? Is it the formation? What else has he done that's made you so good this season? I think the key thing is he's got this... He's got rid of a lot of sour eggs and people that didn't suit the system. Like, I know a lot of people at West Ham are like, you haven't got a backup striker. And the striker you do have is not a real striker. But this is what Moyes wanted. He wanted a group of people that could buy into what he wanted to do. Like, he was given money to spend in January and he went, I don't want to go and just spend this on a random person. He's building something slowly. Okay, like this season's an anomaly. I doubt we'll be back up here this next season, let's be honest. It's it's buying into this philosophy that I think he's done and he's got a group of people that work. Like the start of the season we were playing five at the back and the system was working really well. And as the team become a little bit more progressive and we were a little bit more confident, because our start of the season was so tough. I think in our first seven games, like after the Newcastle, we played like the traditional big six. So he played a nice, solid back five. Like Someone like Aaron Creswell, who West Ham fans started to write off, he's got a system that suits him now. Declan Rice has come on leaps and bounds. I, I have arguments with West Ham fans who say he's world-class. I say he's not world-class yet, but he's closing in on that. For me, he walks into most sides in the Premier League now, like, if not all of them. It just feels like he's got a system... He, he only uses about 15, 16 players in this squad. It's not a big squad. And a lot of people say that's an issue, and I don't disagree with them. But at the moment, he's got a lot of players he trusts, and he will keep to them. And he's just got the best out of everybody. Like, I know it's easier said than probably... I, I really wish I could answer this better, but whatever he's doing, just keep it up, boys. Yeah, I mean... It's it's just been fascinating to see. I think it's been one of the, you've you've definitely been one of the best teams this season. I think 
if you do get top four in the end of the day, I think despite what Pep's done this season, you've got to give... Uh, for me, you have to give uh, David Moyes manager of the year because, to, to as I said, to get your team from relegation-stricken to fighting for top four without really spending much money at all, it's it's brilliant to see. I think you said about, obviously, you not being, to, be able, being able to keep it next season I think it does depend at the end of the day are Gold and Sullivan going to one if you get the Champions League money are they going to pocket it which <laughs> is highly likely um, and yeah if they don't are, are you going to get the signings again that can um... it's hard like, do, do you remember the tweet they put out um, five years ago where they said like where can you see this team and he went I can see West Ham challenging for the Champions League in five years. And for the whole time of that tweet, West Ham fans have been laughing at gold. And now, like, you, have you seen the Nigel Farage video where he's like, you laughed at me? Well, I have to say, you're not. It's, it's just brilliant. Like, ultimately, the squad needs reinvestment. If we're going to be in Europe next season, if we don't get Europe, then Jesus Christ, the wheels are falling off. We, we need another centre-back. I, I think we need another midfielder. We need a striker. And you need to sign Jesse Lingard on a permanent. Right? As I was saying, we've got a small quad of players that he trusts at the moment. But if you're playing in Europe Thursday, Sunday, or potentially Tuesday, Wednesday, you're going to need more than 16 players that you trust. Yeah, definitely. I think, especially with the... I think what's helped you a little bit as well is the fact that in COVID times, Champions League and Europa League sides are playing even more and more than what you'd be playing. I think you do get a bit more of a rest, which I think does help your team, especially with how small it is. Um, but it won't be one of the things. I mean, hopefully you don't get, if you don't get into the Champions League, you don't draw Astragugu again and get knocked out for a third season in a row. I actually think they're in a relegation fight. A lot of West Ham fans laugh at them now, but I think they're like a joke side out in Romania. So one uh, positive. That, well, that, that that's that's good. Just let's just hope the new champions of Romania won't come and smash you. Oh, it'll be so West Ham for that to happen, wouldn't it? it We'd would. finally get into the top four, and then we lose to like the champions of San Marino, and we're like, oh, that's West Ham. I know. Yeah. Well. Well. Hopefully, it it does. Uh, it's it's not. It'd be nice for you guys to get a bit of good fortune. I know you. And the, both Jacks and particularly Brad as well. Um, you you need a bit of happiness uh, supporting your club. It, it, it's very hard. Um, I, I I wouldn't just your yeah. your owners just frustrate the hell out of me. Although that's, already, that's me being a Chelsea fan. I was about to say like they used to get the stick for being the worst owners in the league, but I think six owners potentially might have just gone above them with everything that's happened this last week. Yeah, well, well, you could. If you're talking about Europe-wide, you could probably say a lot more on this. But, um, Speaking we'll, we'll, of, I was going to say quickly, can you believe that the Spanish teams are still trying to push this through? In a way, I, I, I'm act, I actually I don't really. I think Barcelona, Real Madrid in particular, they are, because of COVID, they are at, actually fucked. Yeah, they're, like, I think I looked at it. They're in 1.9 billions worth of debt between them. So, like, of Bar course... Barcelona are losing a million pounds per day. It's weird. It's that, so, of course, they're going to try and push for something that it's not caring about the fans. This is just fueling their corporate 
excuse me, their corporate greed and just trying to save their skin. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll get we'll get into the whole massive Super League debate um, after this, but yeah, it don't it it's so embarrassing. Um, but out of West Ham, I know you mentioned Lingard's playing well. Who obviously he might not. He's rumours to whether he will be fit for the Chelsea game would um, be interesting. Speaking, from the West Ham, like. ITK, he's in. He's fit for Saturday, so that's one bad news for you. I think yeah, just... I saw ex West Ham employee said that he may be fit, but I think Rice, if I'm right, Rice is, is a, a further ahead of where he's meant to be, but still not fit for Saturday. I think the real one for me is if Creswell's fit. I really want Creswell back fit for Saturday because Cre- Creswell always plays well against us. So I don't know why. Oh, mate, I can't believe that goal he scored against you the other year. Because that was obviously in the height of like, West Ham fans hating him. I have I love Creswell. I've always been a big defender of him. So I'd love him to be back and him score a goal against you. I think that would make my year. Yeah, well, it's just me. You know, obviously, my dad supports Ipswich. So I knew Creswell from before he came to West Ham. And he was always one of them players. He, was, he had a good free kick on him. Good little shot. But... Sometimes he just couldn't defend for shit. And the, the fact that he always just seems to turn up against Chelsea, it just really frustrates me. <laughs> That's why I make him like, I think I like him even more now. Yeah, but, well, a lot of West Ham players seem to turn up against Chelsea. But, Jamie, who, who, who do Chelsea fans need to look out for when we play West Ham? <sighs> um... If everyone's fit, well, within reason, like we, we know Rice ain't fit. Um, I think the key's Lingard. Everything, like, it's the obvious answer because of how well informed is, but everything goes through him at the moment. Like, we are going to play you, it's likely you're going to have so much possession of the ball. He's going to be our transition. He's going to be the person who picks up the ball from deep and carries it up the pitch for us. So he's going to be very key. I think one player who's recently gone under the radar because he had a very slow spell the last few weeks has come good is Jared Bowen. He's our, if you look at goals and assists, he's our top goal contributor in the Premier League this year. And if you'd said that a couple of weeks back, I think West Ham fans would have laughed. So Bowen has really started to come into some form. So I wouldn't write him having a good game off. Once again, I don't, I can't tell who's going to play in defence because obviously Dawson's out with a red card now, whether Creswell's fit. So I couldn't tell you there, but I think a lot of it comes down to how much we can get Lingard and Bowen into the game. Yeah, I mean, there's a, it, it's tough. Obviously, a lot of Chelsea fans were, or some, were looking forward to seeing how Declan Rice would do because obviously he, it's been the talk of the last 12 months. Obviously, the last few months since Lampard um, left, it's died down a little bit. But obviously, we've been linked with Declan Rice. So it's a bit of a shame we probably won't see him on Saturday mm. play against us. But yeah, I think I think players like Suchek, I don't know how he will do. How, how, how has Suchek done without Rice? Because I've always felt like they've both been good together. But I was wondering how Suchek would do on his own. It's really weird. So obviously we've got Noble now playing in the team, and well, you know this, Matt, more than like I, I'm not Mark Noble's biggest fan. Never have been. <laughs> um, 
I've taken a lot of slack from West Ham fans for my hatred, well, not hatred, dislike towards him. So he's playing a similar role to no uh, to Bryce. He breaks up the play and tries to distribute. It's really weird what Suchek's role is because I wouldn't call him your normal central midfielder. He's not a real good passer. He, he, it's not what he's there to do. He's there to get on the end of crosses, break up play in either third, like the final third and the um, defensive third. So that's where he's really key. He's not scored a goal recently, which I think he's due. So I wouldn't, I'd love him to score against you. So Suchek's role, I think, slightly changed in terms of he's got to be a bit more in and around play with his legs because Noble can't run for love nor money. So he's definitely playing deeper, I found. But I'd love him to score. It wouldn't surprise me because I think you're defensive. For, um, you're quite good at set pieces this year, haven't you? Especially under Lampard, I think your set piece record was very good. So, well, well, we were we were very good this season. Last season we were bloody awful, and we we learnt that from Suchek last season. Yeah, that is true. He scored two fairly good goals. One of them, which VAR decided for some stupid reason, was offside. But hey, each their own. It was so. Yeah, um, I don't think Suchek is the key because of how well defensively you have been at set pieces recently. I say that now. I bet he goes in bags. Um, I really think this is going to be a game where we're going to look to counter attack and absorb the pressure. Because that was one issue I think we had against Newcastle Saturday. We had a lot of possession that don't fit the way we play. We're a team who like to absorb a lot of pressure from teams and then look to counter. Because we're so good in the transition. We've got a lot of pace in our side. So that's where it's key for me is getting our fullbacks and our attacking three or four nows, Bowen and Lingard, into the game. Yeah, I think I remember when obviously you played us in the summer, your counter-attack with particularly Mikel Antonio was absolutely horrible for us. Andreas Christensen, I said a lot of things about him after that game because... He's come on leaps and bounds, I have to say. Don't, I, 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 wouldn't have ex- I, I wouldn't have expected it. I, I, my thoughts on Andreas Christensen probably are just about the same as your thoughts on Mark Noble. <laughs> so... Um, me and there was a couple of others, um, one of the main guests, Marv, if you told us that we would be in the Champions League semi-final and that would be because of Andreas Christensen, we would have laughed. We would have absolutely laughed and said you were absolutely crazy and you're not a real... Ch- well, well we, don't, we don't accuse Chelsea fans of not being real, but you wouldn't have been a very smart football fan. But um, yeah, yeah he's, I think the back three system has helped him. I think if we go to a back four... That would, again, worry me how he could actually adapt to that. But that will be the thing for next season that Tuchel, what he decides to do in terms of the team. Because I think that's the main problem with Chelsea. We're playing well because of the system, but it does, in a way, especially with goals, limit us. um, Which is obviously due to the formation, but partially. But... We've got too many players that half the team can play a back three, half the team play a back four. So it's mm. always been the issue with Chelsea. We buy We've got so many players that fit different specific systems that it's hard to fit one in without getting rid of a load of players, which 
in COVID times, it's kind of impossible to do. Um, I was going to say, it feels like you've got the new Pep. Like, because I know a lot of people like get annoyed at how Pep always rotates, and I feel like that's what kind of what Tuchel's doing at the moment at Chelsea. Because I like we've got a friend, uh, you know, Tom, Tom Wheeler. I texted him the other day uh, before your West Brom game about who I should bring in because he was playing regularly, and he said, "Oh, Christensen's playing regularly at the moment, playing really well." So I brought him in, and he got me me minus one point. So I did tell him off for that. I weren't happy. Yeah, well, that that game frustrating me big time um let's just i hope that's just a blip but we'll we'll, we'll see how that what that gets on because that's it, the that, thing with chelsea we always have that tendency in us at the moment it was the outlier though like since you've uh tuchel's come in his record's been brilliant like defensively you, like there's nothing coming through like i think that's the only game you've conceded more than two goals like tell me if i'm wrong there um and it just felt like that's an outlier. Like teams have that. Like it happens. It doesn't help that you get a red card in the game. But I've just been really impressed. Like, okay, going forward, you can tell that maybe you're still a little bit more rigid. But I feel like that's what Tuchel's come in. He's tried to like make you make you solid at the back and really then try and grow from there. Like, and you saw in the Palace game, like a bit more attacking fluidity came to it. Right, Palace aren't that good. I was really impressed with how you've grown as a side recently. Yeah, I think that that, that you've hit the nail on the coffin, really. Um, with the yeah, he's, he's tried to be a bit more defensive, because that was the main problem with us before. We were just simply shifting too many goals under Lampard, no matter what we do. Even with a borderline world class Thiago Silva, um, we were still at times struggling, which it's hard to believe um but yeah i mean silver uh tuchel's really got control of this and i think when he's got a pre-season under him hopefully he can really help and work on that attacking side of the pitch with hopefully hopefully for chelsea fans one or two attacking signings sprinkled in there um but we'll, we'll have to see um i think it'll be interesting to see how chelsea line up next season because i think it will be different i think we probably will go to a back four some sort um but for me to do that Chelsea need to get a defensive midfielder because yeah we don't have one we can't play Kante all the time either and it I is think... we'll just struggle I will struggle with Jorginho and Kovacic I just you can't play I don't think you can play them in the back four I think they're working in the back three but not in the back four like I, I, I like Kovacic I think he's a real good player but he's not a defensive midfielder like he's He's a decent passer of the ball from what I've seen. He gets a decent distributor. Jorginho, I don't know what he does for you personally. I think I'd sell him if I could in the summer. Can they still class, in my honest opinion? But I do agree. Like For me, if you've got a centre-back and a CDM, I don't, see a, I don't think you're going to be that far away from pushing your ma- your Man Cities and your Liverpools. I don't think your squad's that bad. I do think you need a goalkeeper. Like, Kepa was arguably one of the worst signings in Premier League history. And I said that after a year. He was horrific. And Mendy's not bad. But you look at the two best teams in the league. I'm going to... Look, I'm still counting Liverpool because Liverpool had a bad year. But ultimately, they're still very good. And you look at Man City, they've got two of the best goalkeepers. Edison and Alisson are class. Edward Mendy isn't that for me. 
he's a good stopgap, and I don't know if you disagree with me here. Yeah, I think Mendy, for me, Mendy, statistically, he's had a very good season, um, especially for, what do you think, £25 million goalkeeper um, coming from the French League first season. He's played, for me, he's played much better than what I expected, but in to throw, to take the other side of the coin, I didn't have any expectations of him because I didn't really, no one really knew who he was. It was just a goalkeeper that Petr Cech recommended. So you've got to trust Petr Cech in his knowing who, what a good goalkeeper is. But um, I do think we need a goalkeeper. I think we, unless, unless Donnarumma doesn't sign a new contract at AC Milan, I just personally don't see Chelsea looking at any other goalkeeper right now. Um, and I think it's one of the things at the moment, I think there's probably bigger issues for the, yeah. the board to get. And I think Mendy is a good player to have in there now. And we'll see how it goes. And you've also got the problem of before you get a goalkeeper in, you've got to somehow ship Kepper out. And Chelsea, some of Chelsea's board members, they don't like to accept a big loss for a player. So... I don't. I, I still don't know how Kepa gets out because he's still got four or five years left on his deal. And the problem is, you spend so much money on him, taking that, taking that big of a loss on a player, you often swallow a lot of pride, and it's whether they will do that, which is tough. Yeah, I think that 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 I think it's more. It's not the problem of getting a goalkeeper in; it's getting the goalkeeper out. Um, but and as you said with the centre back, I think. I agree we probably need my three positions would be striker, defensive midfielder and centre-back. But for me, I look at the centre-backs around. There aren't many good centre-backs nowadays. I think Um, the best one around who's been linked with Manchester United, um, who has been really impressive this year, and I'm just trying to get his name up, he plays for Seville. Oh, why can't I remember? Kunde. Kunde. Yeah, been... we, we've we've been linked to him, not as not as heavy as United, but we have been linked to him a little bit. Yeah, he feels like he's the main big centre back that's around this summer, but it's whether and um, like is Malang Sar going to come back and push your team? Like speaking from a Chelsea fan, if I'm honest, he's struggling to get in the Porto side. So I think if he's struggling to get in the Porto side, as good as Porto have been this season, I I don't see. Um, Chelsea looking at him right now. Um, I think the one, if, if there is any defender that is going to come back and come in, it would not, it'll be not if I don't, I think Tamori's gone. I think, I think Milan, I, I, I think Milan, well, I think well, Milan have got a buy, buyout, uh, buyout clause, buyout, uh, permanent deal. I think Damn it's it. 27 million. I'll which take, to me is disgusting. I'll take him at West Ham all day. I would take yeah. him at West Ham all day. Yeah, but I think if, the, if there is any player that is going to come back, and it, this wouldn't be on a first-team basis, I guess this would be more of a squad role, it would be Mark Gway from... He's Swansea. Along at Swansea. Yeah, he's just... Apparently, he is one of the best defenders in the Championship at the moment, and he is playing really well. But, again, for yeah. me, I think he needs a season in the Prem before he comes into Chelsea, but mm. it'll be one of them things we wait and see. I think we've got one year left to Thiago Silva, personally, before yeah. I think it goes. Um, so I think Chelsea, just because there again there isn't that m- many quality defenders out there, I think they may 
stick with get the get the defensive midfielder in, get the striker, which is going to cost a lot of money. Um, and then next season will probably be the centre back, the goalkeeper, and then that I think that will be where we really do go for the title. I think next season it will be we go for the title, but yeah, we probably won't. We'll probably just lose out to a city or Liverpool or whoever's up there, maybe United if they sort themselves out, which I doubt they will. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of them things that Chelsea need to think hard and hard at what targets they get and more importantly for me I think they need to be sign-ins that are not system dependent that if we do if Tuchel like it is common at Chelsea does go in 18 months time yeah. they're not going to be stuck on stuck with a manager that doesn't like them doesn't suit them and then they're moved on or they don't move on they're just stuck in the reserves or whatever yeah, this is the interesting thing with Tuchel. Like Tuchel's not just like a, he's not like a manager who comes in and gets instant results, like an Ancelotti. You know what I mean? He's he is someone who normally likes a process. He's very like Jurgen Klopp comes in, builds. He's got a philosophy about how he builds a team. You saw it at Dortmund and even at PSG. He didn't just come in and change it. He's got a really like he has a way of playing his football. He normally plays high press and. Like personally, yeah, Haaland's fantastic. I don't think you need an Erling Haaland at your team. Look, he's arguably the best striker in the world. And but I think there's bigger issues in your squad from an outsider looking in that I think need addressing. Although if you signed Erling Haaland, it might mean that you sell us Tammy Abraham, who I would bite your hand off. I would do anything to have Tammy Abraham at West Ham. Well, uh, do you want him for fifty? 50 million? I, I would take him for 40, 50 million, yeah. Because I think he's a Champions League level striker. I think he would come into this West Ham team and be a real good stepping stone for us to like push for Europe consistently, not just be the off team there. Like He would be next level for us. I generally think like us and Leicester are meant to be going after him. It makes sense for Leicester why they go after him because Jamie Vardy's... Uh, quite old speaking of which he scored tonight which is the first time in how long so i would take him at west ham and i think he would drastically improve us because he's been kind of um, exiled at chelsea it seems it doesn't seem like tuchel rates him yeah it's been a massive um talking point on chelsea twitter which you get there's a lot of what you'll find it's probably i don't know whether it's the same with west ham twitter there's a lot of agendas and you find nowadays, I always say, you get a lot of Twitter um, fans that are, they don't, they, I, I don't think they support the club. They support certain players or certain managers and agendas are rife. And I think there are a lot of people who rate Tammy Abraham and would rather see Tuchel be sacked than Tammy Abraham leave, which for me, I think, is wrong. Is just disgusting. I, I just, I just don't see how you can think like that. I think Tuchel's a very good manager, and Tammy Abraham, as good as he has, uh, he, he scored a few goals for us. He's done, he done well last season. But for me, I don't think his overall game and the way he's, he's not, he's not going to propel us to a title right now. And he wants to play first team football. So I think, unfortunately, it makes sense if 
I understand why Tuchel wants to get a new striker because I think you you out of every, all the Chelsea fans are probably thinking, oh, this guy talks a lot of sense. And then you said that we don't need a striker, which I think a lot of Chelsea fans will staunchly disagree because we just simply don't score enough goals. I think Tammy yeah. Abraham is our top goal scorer with six goals combined with Jorginho, who takes penalties. And that, that has been the frontal problem. We haven't had enough goal scorers, which I think, again, that's why Werner gets quite a lot of his critiques, because he's had a lot of chances that you'd argue most strikers would score, and he hasn't. And that, you could argue, could be the difference in some games. I can't believe you've only had your top goal scorer score six. Because that's one thing West Ham have done quite well with distributed like goals out. Like Jesse Lingard's on nine, Bowen's on nine. No, sorry. Yeah, Lingard's on nine. Bowen's on eight, I think, or nine. Suchak's on nine. Like, with, like, with, like Antonio's on like six or seven. We've, we've shared our goals out. Like, to be fair, if you did sign Erling Haaland, he'll probably go and prove me wrong, score 50 goals in a season, you'll win the league, and I'll have to just eat my own hand because I was wrong. <laughs> but... I, I don't think he moves this summer. I, I think because of that buyout clause in his contract the year after where he can move for like 60 million, I, I think he doesn't move this summer just because of how much they're demanding. Yeah, well, I think it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Because um, I think for Chelsea, I think the transfer fee, I don't think it's too much of an issue. I think for Chelsea, the issue is more the rumours of a million pound a week wages just crazy which crazy now i come to think i look at it and go was that because riola knew about the super league and now that the super league's packed in Mm. is that is that value going to go down now because i think if you are if the super league was around next season i think most clubs would be able to pay a million pound a week wages because i think that would be for the best Mm. players in the world that would be the norm yeah, I do agree with you. I, I think you're right. And to be fair, Raiola's just a money-grabbing bastard who wants every, just people to line his pockets. So he suits the Super League perfectly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've always had the stance of I don't deal with players that have Raiola client, clients because they just cause you hassle. But I think Harlan's the first tr- uh, player that I've gone and looked at and gone, well, I think I have to just put that behind me. Um, but... Yeah, it's one of those things. I think out of all the teams that are linked, I think it's, it's between us and City or East Desert mm-hmm. Dortmund. Cause, yeah. But the thing is with City, they never really pay over the odds for one player. They, I think their record signing was Edison at about £65 million. So yeah, I think you're right there. I don't, I, don't... I don't see City spending £150 million on Haaland. Especially because like, you've also got the rumours about Harry Kane looking to leave as well. Like they probably need a striker because of Aguero leaving, but they've also proved they don't need him. They're like they're going to win the league easily, but I don't. If they signed Haaland, I generally don't think any team could challenge with them for a while because he's just the last piece of the puzzle. He would literally change the game. Yeah, I think if yeah if ha- if Haaland went to City. He- no matter who you have as manager, it's game over. Yeah. I've just looked it up. So Ruben Diaz is their record signing they made this summer for £64 million. Before that, 
Kevin De Bruyne is similar, I think like 64 million as well. Riyad Mahrez, Denjal Cancelo, Laporte. But they, like you think in the era of like 80, 100 million pound players, they've yeah. not spent over 70. That is crazy. Yeah. And even the Cancelo signing, that was money plus Danilo. So that, I think, well, look, I remember looking it up. It was 27 million plus Danilo, which was right. insane considering. Yeah. But yeah, I was looking up Chelsea's uh, goal scoring stats. So we've got Tammy Abraham, Jorginho and Mount all on six. Werner on five. Zuma on five. Giroud on four, Pulisic four, Chilwell two, Silva, Havertz, Hudson Odoi on two, and then you got Alonso, Azblaqueta, James, and Ziyech on one. Jesus. Imagine Kurt Zuma was your top Premier League goal scorer at the end of the season. I'd love that. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Jorginho and Kurt Zuma are topping the Premier League, uh, the Chelsea goal scoring stats because they're, they're not far off at the moment, but I think Mount will probably get some goals. And I. Can I just say, I used to be not a disliker of Mount. I thought he got a lot of overhype. I thought he was a decent Premier League player who was at his level. And I think recently, this season, he's gone leaps and bounds. He's been so good this season. Like, incredible. Yeah, I remember it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, wasn't more you. It was Jack that used to say that he was just completely shit. And I, I, I used to think, oh, God, it's Jack Waller speaking about football again. Because you know how his opinions yeah. could be very out there, but I, I hope Jack's changed his opinion as well because I think Mount has proved he's by far our player of the season this season. Um, oh, yeah, and he started to England the Euros like he has to. Yeah, I mean, despite we we always talk about the there's all the Grealish Madison Mount debates. What hey, would you rate Jay in Lingard, terms of them three? Don't don't forget Jaden's. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> All right, we'll put we'll put we'll put Lingard in the discussion. Rate them for one to four. Ah, right, um, I would if I was actually going on talent, I think Foden's the best of the lot. I think Foden with talent wise is absolutely brilliant. Like, did you see him yesterday? I thought he was just he's arguably my favourite footballer to watch. I think he could potentially win a Ballon d'Or one day because I think he's that good. Right now, Mason Mount with everything he gives is ahead of Grealish then Grealish and Lingard like but I've got a real soft spot for Phil Foden so I know that might not please Chelsea fans but yeah. uh, there's a lot of Chelsea fans that rate Phil Foden although after Saturday um we kept him quite quiet so I didn't actually catch the game I was playing cricket so I did not see it it was phenomenal City but City didn't really have a chance and we had two we had two goals disallowed for offside which are very marginal so we could have argued with him three 0 up, which was amazing. And yeah, we 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 gave they we gave them nothing, and they they looked like they run out of ideas, which is quite amazing for a Pep Guardiola side to run out of ideas. Yeah, lose they lost to Bruyne quite like about sixty minutes in. Am I wrong? No, it was just after half time, about fiftieth minute. Wow, so that's a big loss for him as well. But yeah, like but Phil, a... I argue Phil Foden did come on at that point, so yeah, it's not but... really too big a loss. That's the joke. Like they could have so many injuries, and then you've still got people like Mares. You've got people like Ferran Torres, Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden, Gabriel Jesus. Like they've got, they've just got strength and depth everywhere. Like they're such a good squad. Yeah, they they they, they really are. Like it's just amazing to see how yeah. that team has been built. Um, so, and he's going to win one trophy. Then you should beat Leicester. Like the way Leicester are playing. All right, they're winning tonight, but. You'll be disappointed if you don't beat Leicester, I'd imagine, uh, on the FA Cup final. Well, 
we was disappointed because we didn't beat Arsenal last year. So I think you're more disappointed because it was happened. Arsenal, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I I made the point to the other guys in the pod last week. Um, La- Arsenal beat Man City in the semi-final last year, and they went on to win it. So mm. could history repeat itself? Just like, well, we also make the point in 2012 we won the FA Cup and the Champions League in the same year. Complete. I, I don't want you to win the Champions League. But, be... but we also we we also were out of top four. I've got a genuine question then, like. I was going to say, would you rather win the Champions League or, or come top four? You'd much rather win the Champions League because you guarantee the top spot. FA Cup or top four? Um, I, I, Marv's going to love me for saying this, but I, I would probably say FA Cup just because, for me, top four is not a trophy. And football is all about, in terms of especially talking about nowadays with the Super League stuff, it's all about the fan. Yeah. The f- fan for a fan, seeing your tro- uh, your club lift another trophy, mm. it's it's fantastic to see. I think it would be unfortunate not being in the Champions League. I think the, I'd have a lot of, you'd have a lot of Chelsea fans screaming at me right now saying, oh, but we need the Champions League money to get Haaland. But mm. top four isn't the trophy. And... I also think it's you've kind of got this touch, like this. You've got this taste of success that you could win the Champions League. That I think it's maybe made it a bit worse. Like, say you'd come up against Man City or I don't know PSG in the quarterfinal, and then you had to play Man City in the semis, and then I don't know Bayern Munich in the final. You wouldn't feel like this hopeful, so you potentially wouldn't have felt like, oh, we could win this. So where you think you can win it, you think that you get a bit more excited about winning the Champions League and that you should be in the top four. Yeah, well, I mean, Atletico Madrid were no mugs, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, but we did dispatch them quite easily. Porto, they look like to be the dark horses like Ajax were a couple of years ago. But again, I mean, they, they, they won the second game 1-0, but the goal Tarimi scored, mm. you you wouldn't... you I, was, I just looked at it, it was like hats off, fair yeah. play. I saw. Um, I looked at XG stats as well, and I think you still were the favourite. Like by XG, you should have won that game as well. So it just happens, and you got through. That's all that matters. Yeah, at the end of the day, that was all, all that mattered. I think Real Madrid. That's going to be a massive, even bigger game of Perez running his mouth like a little petulant child. I, I do hope you beat him. I, I really. Think, hope I, you I, beat I, them. I now think the entire of the fo- the entire footballing community wants us to beat Real Madrid at the moment. I was going to say, once and everyone in England wants Chelsea to win, which I never thought I'd say. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's what happens nowadays. Um, but going on to a nice, interesting debate that we're definitely not going to agree on. <laughs> we're going to do a little combined 11 of oh. Chelsea and West Ham, which recently, it, before this year, I think it probably would have, I probably would have got most of the names as Chelsea players. Yeah, I but think you I think would have got about it, 9 or 10. But I think it's going to be a bit more interesting this year. Yeah. I think the first one, the goalkeeper's tough. But I think I, I know who I'm going with. Well, first of all, are we gonna, what formation are we going to agree on? Because this is kind of tough that we don't play the same formation. Well, we do play five at the back sometimes. Like, we, like Recently, we do generally play five at the back. So I'm happy to go like a 5-2-3. I mean, I was going to argue, do we, do we just do a 4-3-3 three, three just for the sake of it's the usual formation? Yeah, go on then. Go 4-3-3. Three, three. Works for me. So, as you're the guest, 
state your pet case for your goalkeeper. Well, I don't know if this is recency bias, but I think I'd probably just go Edouard Mendy. Look, I love Fabianski. He's been brilliant for West Ham since he joined. He's been worth every penny. But you can, he's a little bit too old now. He, we're looking to sign a goalkeeper in the summer. Like That's been vocalised. It's obvious that West Ham fans are looking at um, goalkeepers. So I'd probably go Edouard Mendy here. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with you. I think Fabianski would have been one of the players in the recent years that I would have said, yes, he would get in the combined 11. But I think... He's just gone off the boil a little bit recently. I think he is, his age is catching up with him. And as you said, he's been a brilliant player for West Ham. But I think it for Fabianski, I think it will be time for him to take a step back from the first choice. So we mm. nicely go and stick Edouard Mendy into this. Left back, who do you think? So who is your normal first choice left back? Cause... See, this is the thing. Under Tuchel, it, was, it started off with Alonso because we went to went to a back for because this is the problem as well now yeah. we're, we're, we're judge if you're judging Alonso as a wing back or a left back as a left back he doesn't get in as a wing back yeah I it's arguable for me I, I if if I'm going to say a first choice left back I think Chilwell is the first choice it's this is hard because I actually look Chilwell's a better footballer than Creswell like, I, I'm not disputing that with you. But if you went off form this season, who's better performed this year, I'd argue Creswell's had the better year. But, yeah, Chilwell's the better footballer. I've got no arguments with that. I, I, I don't disagree with you. But uh, the next fullback, I actually have got, I think I've got a fair argument. Oh, this, this, this is going to, this is going to rile a lot of Chelsea fans. Are we going to put Chilwell in? Yes or no? Go on, I, go in front of Chilwell. I don't mind Chilwell. I'll put that down. Right back. State your case for Kufal, I'm guessing. I, I just think he's been so good since he joined. He's not had a single game for West Ham where anyone on Twitter has gone, what the fuck is that? Like, he's just been Mr. Steady. Like, you, you get a 7 out of 10 from him every week. I think he's got, like, four or, like uh, four or five assists. He's one of the top, like, contributors going forward for us. Look, uh, Reece James is the better player. But I actually think this year, Kufau has been one of the best fullbacks in the league. Like, consistently been good for us. And Reese James has been in and out. So I've got, I'm honestly going Kufau here. And I'm not doing that just to roll fans. I think Kufau has been arguably our most consistent player at West Ham all season. Oh, it's just... I do it's get why hard. you'd go James. I do get yeah, why you'd go I, I James. Think, I, I do agree. I think James is the better player. Uh, I think he's got again the better potential. Um, I, I am going to just as I'm going to be courteous. I, I, I'm going to give you Kufal. I, I also but think this, I, I'm going to ask the listeners to say in the comments on Twitter who they prefer, James or Kufal. I imagine I know that's going to be a automatic win. I think this is also the other thing of you don't probably watch every single West Ham game, and I don't watch every single Chelsea game. So it's it, this is the thing. I'm going to watch a lot more of West Ham and see a lot more of his performances. I'm, I probably am going to judge him a bit closer. Look, I, I love Freeze James, and I think he goes to the Euros. I've just got to put Kufal in because of how good he's been for us this year. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, he has been one of the standout players for West Ham, so I, I'll, I'll give him his dues. I'm going to put him in there. Um, Centre-back, so 
I'm I'm just gonna say Thiago Silva straight straight away goes yep. in there. That's undisputed. Um, one of the best player. One I'd I'd argue probably one of the best defenders in the league still. Um, uh, I'm then gonna throw out Angelo Ogbonna. Uh Oh Mr. my God, no! Brad, Brad's probably list gonna listen to this and he's gonna hate you for this, it, mate. Mister Consistent. He's so, so key to West Ham. He was arguably our hammer of the year last year at West Ham. He's been brilliant for us this season. He's a goal threat now, which he used to not be. Like Every time he goes up for a corner, I feel like he's going to score. He's Mr. Reliable. Like, in that, like You look at it, all of our defenders have done solid this year. Like We've made Craig Dawson look like an absolute baller. Like If you'd said that at the start of the season, that Craig Dawson looks like a baller... I would have laughed at you. But Ogbonna for me is our best centre-back. And I think he's just better than Rudiger and Christensen. Oh, um, right. Um, I know this. I knew that this weren't going to be popular. I knew it weren't. I, I mean, I can... I can understand a case for Christen, for. Ogbonga over Christensen, but I think Rude. looking at Rudiger, Rudiger has Tom been. Tom Wheeler is fuming. Tom Wheeler is here. Like I hate Rudiger. Can't believe his name has been thrown out. No, but he. You look the the. Like, everyone talks about Christensen has played really well under Tuchel so far, but when when we lost against West Brom, the one defender that was missing in that side was Antonio Rudiger, and he has played even under Lampard. He didn't play much, which is mm. probably the one area where I might slide in, might just give it to Ogbonga, because Rudiger didn't play half the season. But the few games he did play, he did play decent. There was no argument with him, I think. I, 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 last, se- last season, he was very scapegoated. I think he had a very bad season, I think. Mm. Again, with the way Lampard set up his team to defend, I think it a lot of Chelsea defenders kind of lost out to it, so I'm happy to go Rudiger. I don't mind Rudiger to be fair, but I, I was going to try. I was just trying to make my case for Ogbonna, so I don't mind it. Well, I, I think you're going to get quite a say, run in the midfield, so I was I think about I'll, to I'll say, try and steal this defence. Nah, put in Rudiger. I don't dispute it. I don't disagree with you. I do also think though, like this is tough because I think on form. I think there's an argument Creswell's been better than Chilwell recently because of like the way that he rotates with Marcus Alonso. Like it, it, this is all opinion, and I know I won't. I'm not going to agree with Chelsea fans on this, um, but I thought I'd just throw it out there. But in midfield, if you don't say Declan Rice, I'm going to lynch you. I, I, I'm going to straight away. Well, in terms of how this team would play, I, yeah. I, it. You wouldn't play this team because it's way too defensive, but I don't see any argument with putting Suchek, Rice, and Kanto. See, um, I don't know. I was going to go Rice, Suchek, Kovacic. Kanto goes in over Kovacic, in my opinion. Go for it. You're the Chelsea fan. You know better than me. I mean, I, I think a lot of people rate Kovacic for me. Mm. I'm... I don't mind him, but I I do not I hate him when he's pit, paired with Jorginho because I think as a midfield two, they're mm. both too similar. They don't, and I I find they don't do enough to be paired together. 
There's, yeah. two, there's not enough going on in the midfield, and that's why, for me, yeah. I think we have to cut. We have to get a defensive midfielder in that's really good and stick back, and we have to cut one of them loose. And for me, I I would cut Jorginho loose because I think Kovacic yeah. offers more going forward a bit. But mm. Kante is, pro- apart from Silva, he's our only world class player, and on his day, he's still an absolute baller. It's just the problem is can't play yeah. week in week out because he gets injured a bit, which. I think the way Kante plays, you, I'm not surprised that he's starting to get these injuries now. Yeah, I guess what I was thinking, if I was going for a midfield three, I was trying to make like a coherent midfield. Rice is like your breaks up the plays, trying to be like your tackles and interceptions, does distribute. I've, we've, I've said what I said about Suchek, he's your final third, will give you goals and assists, uh, breaks up the play in the final third. And then Kovacic is your distributor he's the best passer of the lot tries to link up the midfield to the attack I think I quite like Kovacic that's why I threw him in there yeah I mean some Chelsea fans would not disagree with you there um I just think mm. Kante has to be in most combined mm. 11s in the oh, league yeah. so yeah I'd argue that and I think with Mount and Hatberts people would go why have you put Mount in I think Mount for me he's been Mount playing in that front it. he's been playing in that front three for the last for under Tuchel so Havertz and Mount I would consider in the front three options so going on to left wing state your case Jamie so who normally plays left wing for you oh, I'm to... now this is the problem Tuchel rotates like hell in terms of the front three so Werner can play at left wing Pulisic can play at left wing yeah I like Pulisic Mount normally more plays on the right, so I, I will stick Mount on the right when it comes to mind 11. Um, so it'll be between, yeah, Werner, Pulisic, and you can throw in hudson Adoy, but again, he's been playing more wing-back under Tuchel, so... I, I'm not sure. I, I have to find a spot for Mason Mount. Mason Mount has to go in the combined team for me. Um so if I was going my front three, I would go Lingard, Mount, and one other. And this is kind of on form because I know I've, I've defended Mount um, uh, Werner. I don't think he's right now. I, Lingard's a better player than Werner on form. Havertz has been decent last few weeks, but Lingard's been better. I, I like Pulisic. I'm kind of like trying to do this about who's the better player and who's also on form. Mason Mount goes in. Strike is where I'm finding it hard. Because Antonio's out injured. Antonio's just a battering ram. I'm just trying to find a striker. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, I think Pulisic, he's probably one of the best players in Chelsea Football Club when he's fit. But the problem is he can't play more than three games without... Like, I think it was, the, it was the West Brom game. And he got injured from literally jogging onto the pitch. Jesus. From the touch. Which I, it, it, it was one of them things, I think it was he felt it and they... Tuchel didn't want to make it worse, but that's the problem with him. I think he, he's, hopefully he'll grow out of it with him being you know young age and his body's still growing. But at the moment, it, it is a bit of a worry. But so I, I, I can't put Pulisic in. Too many fans would slate me off for putting Werner in. And personally, if I'm picking out a starting lineup, put Werner doesn't get in my starting lineup. So mm. and Pulisic, Pulisic would. Um, so who would be your front three or your wingers at least? Because I think we can both agree there's a spot for Mount. Where he'd go, I don't know. 
Yeah, but I mean, you, you could stick Mount left or right. It would just yeah. whatever suits for the team. I think if you're talking about striker, see, our striker at the moment is Kai Havertz. See, this is the ridiculous thing. <laughs> the striker I'd probably put in there is Tammy, because Tammy would be West Ham's best striker. Uh, yeah, I don't mind Havertz. I'm happy to go Havertz in there, though. I think he. There are fingers of Havertz. I think there's, especially with him playing the false nine. There's certain games where he's just not gonna fit. I said when we played before we played Porto in both legs. He, I said he, it was a, it's a physical team. It's not really gonna suit Havertz. I think you need a more physical striker, and and that kind of it, the game kind of proved it a little bit to me. Um, that Havertz probably didn't. But then you look at the Crystal Palace game. Havertz was so good, and he showed probably for the first time against the Premier League op- opposition. Par probably Everton. He played really well against Everton as well, but he showed the Kai Havertz he was last season. Um, and I think there's 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 things Havertz, there's glimpses we see, but is it enough to put him in this lineup? That's that's the question. I think I'll be happy to put Mount Lingard in. It's up to you for the striker. Brian oh, Havertz, because ultimately you are above us, so I've got to respect that. And we haven't really got a striker at the moment. Bowen's just doing the job up there. So Bowen normally plays off the right, but Mason Mount's a better player. So, see, so the ridiculous. If I was going like, I would have gone like a 4 2 3 1, and I probably would have gone like Rice and Suchek, Mason Mount through the middle. Off the left, I would have gone like Lingard, even though he's playing through the middle for us, and then find another winger. I've actually got an idea of how to solve this. Go for it. Do we put Lingard up front? And do we put Hakim Ziyech in? Because Ziyech, over the last few weeks, when he has played, he's played really well. See, if we were going for another winger, I'd also then maybe argue for now. This is odd. For now, isn't going to be the most popular person outside of West Ham. Because he doesn't get loads of goals, he doesn't get loads of assists, but he gels this West Ham team so well. Like, who would you say at Chelsea is that one player that always goes under the spotlight, but whenever he's in that team, you notice a difference? Like, he just makes the team tick and work. Um, well, before before this season, I would have said Mason Mount. Um, this season, I'd probably say someone like an Antonio Rudiger. Because mm. that's what, like, we had a few games where Fournals was injured, and you could just see it from our left hand side. It was more exposed because of how much he doesn't get back. And apparently, Iniesta came out today and said that Pablo Fournals is the new Iniesta. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. <laughs> which I thought was brilliantly funny. Oh, it's tough. Because um, I do think, look, Rice Suchek, Mount Lingard, I think them four are all set. It's then after that we're trying to find like a group of two to get into this. Oh, this yeah. is hard. This it, is it's hard. Should we just go with what we've got? There's yeah. Mounts, Lingard, Havertz. I mean, that's not a bad thing. I think I'd argue in terms of the natural wick, that's a bit of a worry. But mm. I suppose Kufau and Chilwell could bomb forward. Yeah, the best right back in the league, just like holding up the other fullback. Oh. <laughs> you know I'm joking. I'm trying to get a bite out of you. Hey, you're not, you're not going to get too much of a bite out of me yet. Don't to worry. Fair, like, I like Reese James. It's like, 
I think he's a real good footballer. I just think this season, I don't think he's been as good as I expected him to be. But then I also look at it. I love Trent. I think Trent is brilliant and should go to the Euros. Yet, everyone seems to be hating on him at the moment. I just don't think he's good enough defensively, personally. It's weird because I look at all of the fullbacks England have got. Like Trent, for me, yeah, I agree. Defensively, there's issues. I look at someone like Reece James. I think it's his defensive issues that let him down. Um, who's the other fullback at the moment? Carl Walker. His pace gets him out of stuff. And then you've got someone like Aaron Wambasaka, who's too far the other way. He doesn't give you enough going forward. I wish we could just have a perfect, like, imagine mashing together Trent's crossing ability, Carl Walker's speed, Aaron Wambasaka's defending, Reese James's hair. You'd have the perfect defender. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would argue Reese James does have a bit of both. I think mm. what we've got to remember, he is, I think he is the youngest out of Trent and Wambasaka. I think Wambasaka and Reese are closer, but I think it is he is uh, the youngest out of the lot. Uh, Trent is twenty two, Reese James is twenty one, so yeah, they're close. Yeah. I mean Trent has had quite a few years in the starting lineup as well, which he does have in terms of the game experience a bit more ahead of him. But I think Reese I'd argue defensively this season he's been a lot better. Um Occasionally, I think he gets he's got a bit caught out with the wing back situation, but I think it's just because he hasn't played there before. Mm. And again, like Chilwell, he had to get used to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd argue. See, I if I was an England manager, I'd play. I'd probably try take Trent, but I'd play him against the let the teams have more possession. Yeah, the the Tunisians, the Sam, well, the Scotland. San Marinos, the Scotlands. Etc. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I'd play Reese James. But yeah, I'd probably. Uh, I wouldn't say Wambasaka just because I think he's too defensive. I think you yeah. need an outlet, and I think Reese James would give you that outlet. But yeah, I'd play. I'd I'd have to play Reese James in the bigger games because I think he can hold himself. Mm. And one thing I noticed: the amount of times he bodies players, mm. uh, anyone strong. he comes up against, he's he's yeah, he's got that strength. He's just he is a bit of a beast. I, I found last season. In just after COVID, when he come back, he weren't playing well, and I felt he had a bit too much weight on him. But I think he's really developed that and known how to use his weight to his advantage. Um, so I think he's got a lot to learn, but he's only twenty one. So I think he's, in about two or three years' time, I think you're going to see a really good right back in him. But yeah. we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I know what you mean. I do totally know what you mean. So before before we move on from the West Ham preview. Um, how do you think this game's going to go? Genuinely, I think we're going to lose. This is the thing. Like, I, I know I've been joking. Like, I did my West uh, Chelsea preview with, on my podcast uh, a couple of days ago, and I predicted a 2 0 loss. The biggest issue West Ham have had this season is against the bigger sides. Like, that's been our real, real problem. I just think you're going to be a much better, you are a much better team than us. That's, it's obvious. And I don't know how we break you down. That's my worry. You've been really solid defensively recently. That's what Tuchel's done well. We haven't got a striker. I don't know how, where our goal comes from. So I can't predict us to win a game. And I just can't see you not scoring. So I've got to go Chelsea win. Yeah, I think... Um, 
for me, I'm going to go one nil. I think you do. I think you do have a chance, just because I think with all this Super League stuff, you could see against the. Obviously, I, I think the protests did didn't help. Um, obviously, the game was delayed because we managed to stop the bus. Um, but <laughs> I think they. You, you could see they weren't fully at it. They. You could see that it had affected them, and it too caught me himself. It affected him the last few days. So whether there is still that lingering effort of that uh, aspect of that still there, I think that could be the, uh, your probably best chance in the game. Personally, I don't think we, we, we will score enough to get two, but I think we will keep a clean sheet. So I think, yeah, one, it'd be a one nil win. Mm. Chelsea just scrape it. And unfortunately it might just end your top four hopes. We said this on the podcast. So before the Leicester game, we said we need six points to be still pushing for top four. Obviously, we probably saw it the other way in terms of we thought we'd get it with three points against Newcastle and we'd need one of the others. But ironically, if we beat you and we beat Leicester, that's ideally the better way to do it. If we avoid defeat, I think we can get top four. If we lose, top four's over. We haven't got a chance. So it's a massive game for us. Massive, massive game. Well, I I would say the only thing that even if you do lose, Chelsea have got a run of fixtures that is absolutely dreadful when you yeah. consider the Champions League and the FA Cup. So we've got, obviously, after you've got Real Madrid away, then we've got Fulham at home, and then Real Madrid at home again. Then we've got Man City away. Then we've got Arsenal at home. Then we have the FA Cup against Leicester. Then we play Leicester in the league again, straight after. And then we finish up at Aston Villa. Yeah, it's not the easiest run, but you then look at someone like Liverpool and their run is really nice. So it's yeah, it will be tough. I, I, I mean, I the, the only thing that I'd say, again, would disadvantage you is Chelsea do play, have played well against all the big teams under Tuchel so far. And it's actually the smaller teams that we oh, lose against. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we drop... Then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we did drop points against Fulham but we beat City, Arsenal, Leicester. Yeah, that was a good sign that you beat Man City because Man City looks really like good recently, so that was a massive result. Yeah, I mean, I think... I, I, I personally think we will lose the game in the league just because I think we will be looking at the round... We, 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 that would be after playing Real Madrid in the second leg. We will be but, looking at the FA Cup. Yeah, it's also though they could have had the league like sewn up by that point. So if they are, they're going to be putting all their eggs in the Champions League basket. So there's nothing like you can't never say never. Yeah, I mean that's true. They'll be playing PSG as well, so it's not like mm. we've got the disadvantage. There's always hope. Yeah. Um, well, we'll finish the talk about the good points of football, and we'll move on to the leading conversation that happened in the last few days obviously Super League was announced on Sunday and within a couple of days it's so far been I'll say the word suspended because it's not I don't think it's ended um Jamie what what was your thoughts and what has it what has the thoughts of West Ham fans been overall about uh, Super League? absolutely terrible and rightly so I think it's a disgrace and it, the whole thing was just a money grab from people who wanted more money. Like ultimately, 
Um, look, I don't think the new Champions League reforms are good. I think they're just as bad. Like, why should a team who finishes, say, like, I've seen it. If Man U finish sixth, but West Ham finish fifth, they'd get in the Champions League because they've got famous history. I don't get how that's correct. So the Super League was just turning our game American, ultimately. And I'm a fan of American sports, but that's not how football has worked. There's always been a risk and reward. Like, how the hell are Tottenham there? Like, not even taking <laughs> the piss. Why are Tottenham there? Because they've got a new stadium and they need money. The last time Tottenham won the league, who do you, who do you think won the league the year before them? I think I remember... I know it was around that time, but didn't Burnley win it Burnley. around that time as well? Burnley won it the year before him. So, it's just, it's a money grab. I think it's a disgrace. I'm not surprised that the Spanish teams, because they're absolutely skint, still want it. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's bad. I'm happy that the English clubs have withdrawn, and I know this might not be popular. I still believe you deserve a points deduction. And this isn't because older fans don't deserve this. Teams have gone into administration before and had their teams had their had their team had points deducted. Was that the fans' fault? No. So why should it be one rule for the top six, one rule for the others? That's my honest opinion. Yeah, I mean, I was I was we were going to get onto that point of what is the ideal punishment because I think it. I understand people's point of view when they say. A points deduction is harsh on the um, fans in the aspect that they're they're not getting anything out of the Super League either, and the stress that tops it. Not even obviously you. I, I know you guys have been going through a lot of stress of what's going to happen, but the thought of top us fans in the top six. Honestly, on on Sun, Monday morning, I had if we were going to go through it with the Super League. I would have completely disowned Chelsea for my life. I had, I, I didn't, I didn't quite, but I didn't quite go to the fact of burning shirts. But I had them locked up. I was never going to wear a single Chelsea shirt again. And I, I was going to get to the point where, if if this happened, I would have probably turned. I would. I don't think I would have supported another club, but I would have turned myself away from football completely. I uh, the thing I would have said to you: go and support your local non-league team. Like from someone who been around non-league football for a majority of my life a team in non-league would have highly appreciated it like if this had been West Ham I would have done the same I would never have supported West Ham again it's not the West Ham I loved so yeah I'd have turned my head away from them but you're you're just trying to get me to support East Farrah can't you hey my dad don't work for him anymore so I'm not going to push him as much as I used to (laughs) oh that 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 yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I just don't think I would have had the same passion for any. I, I probably would have watched the local team because I don't think I would have. I still loved the game. Yeah, and I would have. I, but I just wouldn't have a passion for it anymore. I think for me, I would have gone to a. I, I would have concentrated on rugby personally because I think it's just such such a better game where you get treated properly, and it's just a better. I, I think I feel it would have been a better day out. But um, yeah. yeah, so I think the punishment side of it. See, for me, it's tough because people are like, oh, just find the clubs. But what really what really is a fight? I think the only way I'd understand it is if you said all the top six clubs don't get any TV money at all, mm, which that would, that, that would be a big enough fine to what you would say would be 
acceptable. But and that would be the way that you well, I'd say it wouldn't punish fans, but it would because in a way you Chelsea wouldn't go sign in any players, so you you mm. wouldn't have that. That would still punish the fans in the same way. For me, I I said it. I if I would have taken any punishment personally. If we obviously this was if we went in and then come back out, mm. um, I would have if if we got like there was rumours of us getting demoted down to the national league. I would have taken that because I I'd, I'd take that I'd take national league football with Chelsea. Even if we went bankrupt and we went down to the ninth tier of football, I'd have taken that over Super League because it's football and it's actual competitiveness. It's not some um, NFL style mm. crap. I mean, I, I I don't watch NFL because I don't find it competitive enough. But the thing is, the NFL works because in the NFL, if you come like I'm I'm talking about because I love it. Like if you come last, like you're the worst team in the NFL, you you get the number one pick in the NFL draft next year. Because the logic is you should then get the best player so you can change your franchise. You could then become good. That's not how it would work in here. So if you came last, playing for bugger all, nothing. It's worked in America, but that doesn't then mean it's going to work in England. That's just the way I look at it. The English games always work this well. Don't change it. Yeah, and the way they were talking about it, that people, there was some, you get like a very, very small minority that could, not, they weren't, didn't agree with it, but they could understand points of it but i said to him i was like it's gonna get worse it's just not this is only the beginning it would if if this went through it would have got worse it would have got to the point where we would there would be no home and away ties anymore you'd have chelsea versus real madrid in america russia china abu dhabi saudi arabia qatar etc it would eventually become like manchester devils and one team in london Oh yeah, it, 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 you'd get all the Pez names. You'd get London Blue and Merseyside mm. Red and stuff like that because it you would just it wouldn't become Chelsea anymore. Stamford Bridge would have just become a relic because we'd play all across the world and it would appeal to the. I think they're trying to appeal to the, as I said, the international fans and not the legacy fans as we were called. Oh, that word! You should never use that word. I, I when I heard that word, that 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 honestly sealed it for me just that just that i was disgusted and mm. it's just oh, i don't know i mean it's, i was so ashamed I, I i stayed up the whole of sunday night because i was worried about it and when i saw the news i just honestly just i, I didn't sleep the whole night i i was honestly thinking what what am i gonna do because i felt I, the only way i could describe it i was describing to uh some of my housemates that this, this is the thing my housemates don't watch any football at all and even they knew all about it that's how bad it was mm. non-footballing people were understanding how bad it was for football like i've seen people moaning that the government like oh look at it the government are getting involved like that's how bad it's uh, like why the government getting involved I'm like, but football is the national sport like football is involved in how many people's lives in england like it's the biggest sport in the country and it revolved a lot of people's life revolves around football and if you took it away from them their life and the whole country would change like let's be honest it would lose the economy loads of money so of course the government are going to care you'd be surprised of how much tax footballers actually do pay because most especially the english ones a lot of them actually do generally pay quite a lot of tax Mate, I'm learning about tax at the moment for my accounting exam. It's absolutely mental. I dread to see how much they pay. Yeah. Um, but 
I mean, that's, that's the point. The, the, the way I explained it to most people, for me, it felt like I was in a 20-year marriage and I just found out that Chelsea, my girlfriend, cheated on me with some rich bird down the pub. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's... But, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's what I, I just had. That, that's why I felt like, obviously, for any of the listeners that didn't know, um, I was part of the... I'd say over a thousand Chelsea fans, not the faulty fans that Perez was talking about. Maybe you saw the Spurs protest and thought that was the Chelsea fans or something. To but, be fair, though, I, I still, every Tottenham fan that turned up to them did the right thing. So like, I know they got a lot of grief for it, but at least they were still standing up for what was right. It did make me laugh when he saw that video of that guy just going to buy merch. I was like, that's not the right. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that, like... that was bad. That was funny. Like, yeah. All right. I want you out. But I'm going to spend that, 60 that, quid. That was the most Spursy protest going. Yeah. Totally agree with you there. But yeah, I mean, I would honestly think being at the Chelsea protest, um, there was upwards of a thousand people there. And Jeez. it was mental. And. We went. We didn't just do a normal protest. As I said, we were obviously we started at the Britannia Gate, which uh, is the gate that most of the home fans go through. It's the where you see the front of Stamford Bridge. You go to the mega store through that area. Um, and at first, we there was when I got there, there was only about hundred people there, just on the on the pavement. You had thousands of media just all across the other side taking pictures and all that. But then, as the crowds grew. We just um, we went into the road, and then we walked over to the where the team bus goes in, and we blocked the team bus for about an hour and a half. To which Petr Cech had to come out. Credit sure. to him. He he said to us as I, I was kind of near the front, and he said, "We're going to sort it out. Trust us. Let the team bus in." Twenty minutes later, obviously the news come out that Chelsea withdrew, and yeah, it was it was brilliant, um, yeah. fantastic. Um, to hear but obviously i think for me it's not the end do you think it's this is the end or no do you think it's, it's only the beginning as far as i'm concerned this isn't over until at least some sort of punishment has been sanctioned like in my honest opinion and even when the pub like i don't think clubs from outside the top six like the fans will stop this until they believe right full sanctions have gone through the problem is this is there's too much trust has been ruined in this. Like owners are going to be forced out of clubs, and ultimately, so, look. Let's be honest. Like the Cronkies have never been popular at Arsenal. The Glazers have never been popular. FSG at Liverpool have never ever been like under any pressure, and now their reign could be coming to an end. So. I'd like them to be pushed out and some sort of like 51% like Germany is implemented. Yeah, I think that that is what we need to do. I think especially for like the club, even your, even West Ham to a point, the 51% it's needed for you guys because Golden Sullivan would have, if, if they got invited, let's be honest, they would have, they would have took that. They would have been the first ones up there. This is the thing. I, I, I don't like saying they, I think they would have, but I'm not going to like give them grief because of it. Because I've seen West Ham yeah, fans be like, yeah. oh yeah, they're money grabbing twats. They would have taken it. I'm like, but that's only what you think. You've got no evidence to suggest course, that. Yeah. yeah. But you, you do look at their history and past and oh, know yeah. they love the dollar. So, yes, um, I know what you mean. So before we rack up, we've got a couple of questions from a range of listeners, Chelsea fans and West Ham fans. Hmm. Um, some of them are related to 
asking you and some of them related to asking me. So one question for both of us, and we'll answer it quite quickly, from regular listener at RJ underscore good things. He asks, do you think we will see some changes as a result of the uh, European Super League? I'll let you uh, I think the Champions League reforms that have been suggested, I think, are now going to be addressed because I think the clubs are going to put pressure on it not being morally correct. I think the powers of the top six in the Premier League are going to be a lot less. Ultimately, I don't think they're going to hold as much power because they've lost it through this. But in terms of power, I still think the top six are going to be top six within reason for a bit. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think we will see this 51% fans at least tried by the government to bring in. Whether it will happen, it's a question to ask because how logistically and financially does it work um, with these clubs being worth billions of pounds. I think Champions League will be reformed again from what the new system will be. And... Yeah, I think fans will get a little bit more power. I think with Chelsea, it's a bit we've got a unique situation that we own we the pitch owner we have Chelsea pitch owners that own the pitch and the naming rights, and that's what we threatened to take away from Roman, which again would have been one of the main things that would have stopped it. Uh, so I think there will be some changes, but it's a long old battle. We've got a long old battle to go, and we can't let this go now just because the Super League's been suspended. Mm. Um, Second question from at James Hawkins, 24, West Ham fan. Yes. Uh, he said, "For I think this is a, more of a question for me. He said, if West Ham manage to get a result against Chelsea, whether it be a draw or a win, will everyone start to take us more seriously? Will Chelsea fans or do they already? Well, for me, I t- I've been taking West Ham seriously since February. I think they've been a threat and they've stayed there they've stayed there more than Everton Villa Southampton they've not dropped off and I've taken them seriously since since February I think if you if you if you win Chelsea fans are will say top four is over and they'll take you as seriously as anything some Chelsea fans at the moment take you seriously others don't um but I think that's just a bit of an arrogance of top six um and where West Ham used to be um but I, I think a lot more people will take you seriously next season. Uh, and final questions, uh, just from one of our regular guests at Jester's Vengeance. Uh, he asks, who is the most creative player on your current roster, Jamie? Uh, in terms of creativity, Ben Rama potentially. Lingard, though, I think he's probably in terms of creativity and also getting results, it's probably Lingard. But the key for him is he's he's come to West Ham and he's become a big fish in a smaller pond, which has helped him like flourish. So Lingard is our most creative player. Like you saw the trick he done against the Wolves player. It was like Berbatov-esque against West Ham. Like you, I haven't seen a West Ham player do that since Pyatt. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I agree with you there. I think in terms of, to answer this on a Chelsea point of view, I think obviously statistically Mount is the most creative player, but I think corners do help that. I think mm. consistency, I'd probably again would say Mount at the moment, but I think Ziyech on his day has is, has the most creative ability, um, but he just needs to show it more. Um, he's got another question that I'll poise to you, Jamie. 
Will Chelsea get top four? Yes. I think you and Liverpool. I think you and Liverpool will get top four because I think, all right, Leicester have got a result tonight, but I just think you're better. Than... Liverpool's run is too easy. I think they come third. And then I just expect you to add Leicester because I think you're a better side, ultimately. And I think you play them near the end of the season, which is another key game. And I just think you're better than them, which is kind of... The, the worst thing, ironically, that plays against you is you're in three competitions still. They're in two. Um, so it's it's close, but I do think you make it. Uh, but this thing, I think I rate Chelsea higher than a lot of people. Yeah, I think I think... At the moment, a lot of people are starting to rate Chelsea a lot more. But obviously, I, I think it'll be a tough. It'll be tough for Chelsea because we've got a lot of hard run-ins coming in. But I think we will just scrape it. I think you will actually be our hardest uh, pe- uh, people to compete with. I think as good as Liverpool are, I think they're just not good enough this season. I think mm-hmm. they've and they've been they've been very sloppy. Like again at. at Leeds, they drew nil nil, and they're just. I, I just, I could just see them dropping points, not dropping enough points for them to stay away from us. And I think you, yeah. you'll do all right, and I think you'll give us the biggest challenge. I still think Leicester could drop out. To yeah. be honest, I, I think, think Leicester think drop out too. It'll be, it'll, it would be nice if we both got top four. Mm. It'll be tough, but I do agree. It would be nice. Yeah, and well, that brings us to the end of the episode and it was a very good episode i was happy to have you on jamie and i will say if if depends on the result obviously you are invited to come on and give your match reaction on the pod with the rest of the guests on sunday but obviously depending on how the result goes <laughs> i will let you know on that one i will confirm later <laughs> well if, if you win You've got a chance to slag off about three or four Chelsea fans. That is true. Very, very true. And I couldn't think of anything else I'd like to do. That would... Yeah, that sounds perfect. Yeah, so before we go, do you want to just plug your podcast and your Twitter account in for the listeners where they can find your stuff? Yep, so you can catch us all, um, all of us um, on the Pretty Bubbles podcast. Our Twitter is at bubbles underscore podcast. Um, my Twitter is at the Jamie underscore Gray. Um, if you go to the Bubbles podcast uh, Twitter page, you'll also be able to see the other people I do the podcast with. Perfect. Um, obviously, after this, you can send me all the links and I'll put it down in the description. Um, Amazing. Ready. Cheers, mate. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Perfect. And thank you to all the listeners that would have listened to this hour and a half long episode, uh, Mm. our first opposition preview. And we'll hope to have many more as we look to expand the content on this podcast. And to